You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Today on Wellness for Life, we have a very special guest, Mr. Alan Arkin, who starred on Broadway, television, over 60 films, and have won almost every acting award in North America. Now, we're going to have an in-depth conversation about his new book, Out of Mind, Not Quite a Memoir, where he reveals a side of himself rarely shown on stage or screen. In Out of My Mind, the 86-year young actor shares his powerful spiritual experiences, guided by years of meditation practice to even amazing past life experiences and much more. It's my great pleasure to welcome Mr. Alan Arkin to the Wellness for Life show today. Welcome. Hi, Suzanne. Nice to talk to you. It's such a big honor I'm here. I'm happy to oh, be here. Gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, there's so much in your book, so much to it. And every chapter, for me, it was quite illuminating and inspiring. And some of these stories that you wrote about were just unbelievable. And I really want to talk about some that really at least spoke out to me. And I think that will be also uh, very important for the, the uh, community to hear. Um, you know, some of it was, I, I just, I just couldn't, Put, put it down, and I really didn't want the book to end. It, and the one thing that I really enjoyed about your book, Out of My Mind, is that it reads like you're actually talking directly to me, okay? I, I love that part it's because I can feel your actual energy and your personality in the book. I'm actually really excited about getting the audio book, you know, because I, I, um, I got your book. Thank you so much for giving me that um, yes. copy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm touched. I'm touched that it had any meaning. I, uh, I just wrote it. I basically wrote it to get this stuff down. I, I, I was afraid in my dotage, I just forget a lot about it and, and the way it happened. So it, the first, the first pass at it was just to get these stories down so that just my family would have an access to a, a part of myself that even they are, are not, uh, uh, close to some a lot of it. I, I just didn't talk about much, but I, I felt like it had a certain importance. And 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 this to me, it's all very positive. You know, it's a, it it gives a sense that whatever travail and, and problems we're having at this moment in history, which are significant, that there is more that we can rely on if we uh, if we choose to. Right. I, you know, right off in the beginning of your book, the first chapter is titled Assumptions. And right away, you talk about some of your strong, un unwavering beliefs as a young 16-year-old and surely shaped by your parents. But what was very interesting of what you wrote about your parents' beliefs of social justice, women's rights, peace in the world, equality of races, uh, nobility of working class and the importance of the arts. Now, these are the same issues that we are fighting for today. Yeah, exactly. They, they, uh, and this was, uh, they, they've been, they were on that wavelength about 75 years ago, 80 years ago. Uh, so they were really, as far as I'm concerned, on the, the vanguard of, of uh, creative, uh, modern uh, philosophical thought in that regard. In other ways, they, uh, I, I, I had a serious disagreements with them uh, on how to on how to deal with a lot of this. Uh, it, it went from political action to, for me, to psychological action, 
And then after that, it became, uh, I guess, more aligned with uh, spirituals. You know, it went from one one extreme to another uh, to a point where they were not. They ended up not being terribly interested in my ways of affecting things, but uh, we we agreed. We stayed in agreement on the issues. Right. I, you know, what was very. I mean, what we talked about just before we started recording this show is that I said how interesting. Uh, a lot of correlations and um, how, at least for me, it's very similar, similar feelings of needing to start looking more within myself as I was getting into my late 20s and early 30s. Similar in your, your way of uh, going into how you were drawn to Eastern philosophy and, and really to get some answers uh, from basically nature. Well, in nature, it depends. On, it depends on what you mean by nature. I mean, it's uh, nature in in what we see around us, from the, the wisdom we get from animals and plants and and even insects. But it's also a nature that includes a reality that's bigger than anything we can see. Uh, that was that was one of the things that was introduced to me, and and that what a lot of meditation brings you to is that you start tapping into a reality that's infinitely bigger than anything you're experiencing with your senses. You start being very, very attuned to something bigger out there. And if you don't have some kind of guidance, there's hardly any reference point as to knowing what that would be. But fortunately, I've had a couple of significant teachers that have given me insight into that uh, and it's helped a lot it, it can be a, it can be kind of d- disorienting for a while when you start recognizing that you are something uh, that includes this thing that is walking around but is also something much bigger and when you start getting slight little pieces of that little tiny pieces of that initially it can become very very disorienting uh, so it's good to have people that have been there to say, no, it's, it's good. You're on the right track, which thank God I've, uh, I've had, uh, in, in plenty. Yeah, we all, we all need mentors. We all need people to support and, and just guide us. And I mean, I, when I said, when I was thinking about nature, what I was also thinking about is at least for me, I'm someone that, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my late fifties. I'm from Korea. Seoul, Korea. So I'm from a different country. I've been in the States for a very long time. But uh, what at least when I was growing up, um, you know, in the turmoils uh, in the early 60s, my nature was really my meditation. And walking, I lived on a mountain in um, Seoul, Korea. And walking around in nature was got me connected to my own spirit. And, and so early on, um, that was I realized just contemplating, and I guess as a child, you know, you think of a lot of things, but I think um, that's part of that Eastern philosophy, I think, is a, a lot of Eastern philosophy goes into uh, the life and, and how the nature, uh, our human body is a reflection of that as well. You also, um, you also talked a lot uh, in the first, uh, the second chapter was all about your mother. And some amazing. Yeah. And her name is Beatrice, I believe, or is it Bea? You call her Bea? For short? Yes. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And you know, growing up uh, myself with in 
a developing country. My mom and I had definitely our share of generational gap. But the one thing that reminds me, whatever you talked about uh, regarding with your mom, was that everything was pretty light, nothing deep. But but what you guys shared a great deal was going to the stores and looking for the bargains. And I, my mom and I, we are antique lovers. We go antiquing, and that's my way of connecting (laughs) to my mother. And uh, right now, of course, in COVID, we don't get that as much, but I sure miss it. Uh-huh. Is she here with you? She is. She's still 88, 89 this in a couple of weeks. You're young, and she's really kicking it. She's doing awesome, just like you. That, that's great. Well, you, you, you said you're in your 50s. You sound like you're about 20. Well, thank you so much. Um, I am a petite person, and maybe that's the reason why my energy's a little bit more like a hummingbird, <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> that's, that's, that's also the name of my wife. I call, I call my wife the Iron Hummingbird. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Why <laughs> iron? Why iron? Because she's, when she wants to, she's petite like you, and, and she's very positive. People radi- feel her radiance, and they, they uh, flock to her. But when she wants to be tough, boy, she better keep out of her way. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's where the my husband will say the exact same thing. I'm going to have to tell him uh, and say that uh, you know, uh, Mr. Arkin, uh, he actually calls his wife the Iron Hummingbird. I love that because my husband he would probably <laughs> agree with you. You know, he's from Brooklyn, New York, and I think that's where you're from so originally. Yes, yeah. he grew up um, in the 40s. I mean, he's now uh, 73, going on 74 soon. And and uh, what a life he's led, you know, and just similar in, in your background, I think. What a, what a amazing life. And, you know, when I think about my mother, what she's gone through, I mean, boy, the generation gap is so huge. I mean, she's dealt with so much trauma, uh, so much Two wars, as well as the Japanese occupation, raising four kids, you know, with a manic depressive alcoholic, spendaholic husband. I mean, there's just, I can go on and on. But she never really vocalized her deep truths. And that's one thing that I've, I've made sure to change in my life, our lives, with my son. So, and you've got children yourself. Oh, yeah, I have children and grandchildren. I have three sons, four grandchildren. Incredible. In fact, you talk, you wrote about in your book, Out of My Mind, about one of your sons, your youngest, right, Anthony? Yep. Can you share that a little bit? Because I had my own thoughts about after reading that information. Well, I I had done a lot of reading about uh, healings uh, outside of conventional medicine, and uh, I had a a very, very profound experience with... uh, a Brazilian healer, uh, seeing films of his, his work and getting uh, close to a man who wrote a book about this healer, a long book, and then becoming uh, uh, close to American doctors who went down to examine this guy's work. And there's a team of American doctors who went down to see this uh, healer's work. His name was Arigo. That was what he was called. And uh, two, of the, two of the American doctors quit the medical profession after they watched him work. Um, one of them was even allowed to participate in this healer's uh, activity. He, he, 
he didn't want to, but the healer practically forced him to. And uh, that, um, and other things, uh, um, got him to quit quit the quit the medical profession and examine the kinds of things that this guy Arigo was doing. But anyway, I never thought I was a healer particularly or had any abilities in that direction. And my my youngest son, who was about uh, when he was about, I guess five. Uh, he got very sick with a very, very high fever. We didn't, to, uh, this day, I don't know what it was. And uh, I, I couldn't stand seeing him sick because he took it very stoically. He was very stoic and gentle about his own sicknesses, which kind of broke my heart. And watching this happen and watch, seeing his fever not go down and having been privy to stories about this, this healer and other healers, I, I just decided at one point, I said, Tony, let me see if I can take the sickness from you. Let me see if I can take the fever away from you. And I put my hands on his. He was lying in bed, and I put my hands on his chest and uh, slightly lower than his chest in his uh, diaphragm area. And I said, now just give me the sickness. And he was too young to think I was crazy at that point or, or to fight it. We were very close anyway. And I, I stayed there for a couple of minutes. I said, just give me the sickness if you can. And after about three minutes, I felt an energy like a lightning bolt uh, run through my body. And it was so profound that it threw me across the room. And I banged my back into the wall. And uh, I felt this kind of a, a very strong negative energy just run through my body and and completely took me over and it lasted maybe 30 seconds and then i was fine i took my i caught my breath and i went over the field and his fever was gone just completely gone and he was well we didn't let him get out of bed for another day but uh he was well and there was another occasion when a similar thing happened in puerto rico with him where he had been left, he had been outside in a Puerto Rican sun for a longer. We, we we got my wife and I got distracted for a while, and and we looked at him and and I said, oh my God, he's going to have second degree burns, and I got really frightened. And I there was a we were in in front of a big office building with columns. I took him behind one of the columns where there was not a lot of traffic, and I said, Tony, give me the sunburn. I had already had the other experience with him, so we were both a little bit more attuned to that idea, but a sunburn, I didn't know it was going to be at all possible. So I did the same thing. I put my, I think I put one hand on his back this time and one hand in his heart area, and I said, give me the sunburn if you can. And we stood there again for a couple of minutes, three minutes. There was no evidence of any burn whatsoever it was gone incredible and subsequently i tried it with i tried it with other people it never worked again uh i thought i might have been a healer at that point but it it, it never happened and it never happened again but we, we both shared the these two extraordinary experiences and i don't know what they are i have no idea where to put it well all i know is that there's more going on more going on out there than we know about. Right, you know, being and these were two in instances. You know, that can, right, being a healer yeah. myself, um, I've been taking care of people for over thirty-one years now, and in natural medicine, 
And I really believe, because reading that story, I felt, wow, you know, the, the healing, you being the conduit, um, and the, the, my conclusion was that it's not just about the person um, who obviously wants to help heal the individual, but the, the healing was also due to your own son's power of, of his own intention to release it. You know, that I think there was a joint effort between the two yeah. of you. And that might be why with others it might not have worked because it wasn't that alchemy of the two of your energies together. Yeah, I, that sounds very plausible. Yeah. That combination, uh, what, what, right? Suzanne, forgive me, but what what modalities do you work in? Gosh, forgive I've been. My um, no, 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 not at all. Um, my license is in chiropractic, and I was a sports medicine doctor until my son got severely ill with allergies uh, when he was bo pretty much born the first year of his life. And I switched over to natural medicine, allergies, and environmental medicine. So my expertise is in chronic illnesses, chronic fatigue syndrome, digestive disorders, uh, neurological issues, gut, very much gut and skin because of allergies, food allergies. And I use um, I, my practice is mainly telemedicine, 100% telemedicine. So I have people all around the world, and I guide them, and I teach them uh, natural tapping techniques and energy work that they can do, patients can do themselves so they can heal uh, their body towards optimal health. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah there, so there was a I've had my share. I, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you have. Yeah, there was another story that I, I, I didn't, didn't work its way into the book, but a, a dear friend of mine was in therapy with a, a woman who was a, a, a psychiatrist and also a, a Zen Buddhist. And they got close enough after a few years so that this friend of mine asked her, what drew her to Zen Buddhism? And the, the psychiatrist paused for, she paused for about 30 seconds. She said, well, she said, I had a daughter. She said, uh, I was married and I had a daughter. And that when she was three years old, the daughter came to me and said, Mommy, I have to go away soon, and you can't come with me. And she said, I put that down to the imagination of a three-year-old child. She said, a month later, she said exactly the same thing to me. She said, Mommy, soon I have to go far, far away, and you can't come with me. The second time, she said, it made me slightly anxious. She said, then another month more, she said it a third time. Two weeks after that, she said, the, uh, my daughter got sick, so sick that I had to take her to the hospital. The, do the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her and gave her a couple of diagnoses, diagnoses that were wrong. And a week later, she was dead. She was gone. Oh, wow. Is, so so she, said, she said, the week after that, I started investigating Buddhism. Mm. Uh, I think we yeah. all can tap in. I mean, we, we have amazing gifts we all do i think and and you got to decide if you want to be able to nourish them and and connect to that and in our own way i mean that little young girl exactly already coming into this world that yeah. she's going to have a short life but what a beautiful thing knowing having that knowingness yeah. is amazing too isn't it you know um 
Gosh, yeah. we, I can talk to you for a lot longer here. I mean, gosh, uh, there is one thing that I wanted to dive into. You talk about past lives. Now, I'm a, I'm a believer in uh, reincarnation, um, and maybe it's because I grew up with Buddhism in my life. Not that I'm Buddhist, but uh, my, my father practiced it, and we went to the Buddhist temples in Korea um, a lot. And um, the one thing that I learned during high school about Buddhism is that we've got many, many um, returns and many different lifetimes. Um, and one of the things that you talk, talked about was actually uh, your experience of a past life. And it really reminded me of one that I had. And I, I don't know if you know the movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Yeah, There's a I do. part at the end, he, yeah, he portrays this uh, William Wallace. It's a Scottish warrior in the late 13th century. But at the end, he's being quartered and being disemboweled and basically he's, he's being um, executed. And I cannot tell you how, when I first saw the movie in the movie theater, I actually felt a lot of the, the same feelings that he was feeling of at times meaning like of persecution and, and being executed in such a manner. And that just really blew me away, you know? Um, oh. But um, in your case, you had a, a, an, an anxiety attack on stage or at least right before on stage yeah, for, it, for it, one of your, it's too, right? It's too long. As, uh, yeah, it would take me 10 minutes to tell the story. It's probably too long. But uh, the, the upshot of it was it was an event that, that, uh, that didn't stop. It went on for about three years of my life until it was resolved. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I believe. It's, belief is, you know what I feel about belief systems. I feel like they're wish lists. This was not a belief. This was an event that uh, permeated my entire uh, emotional life and finally my, my, my spiritual life and was confirmed for me by a couple of people that I never talked to about it. You know, so I didn't know where else to put it. Uh, if somebody can explain to me after reading what this story is, what it could have been besides a uh, a past life regression i i'd be happy to hear it so it's not a belief 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 to me is wishless so uh, this was something else this was a visceral dramatic uh uh shocking experience that, that i went through and i actually i've been through a couple of others uh similar to that but they didn't feel dramatic enough to put in the book it was another time I, mm. I felt for a long. I've I felt, for example, that for a long, long time I've I felt that uh, I've I've had some connection with the uh, Inquisition, with the Spanish Inquisition of five hundred years ago, and I never said anything to anybody about it. It was just something I harbored and could feel a kind of emotional uh, uh, track from that kind of existence to what I've ultimately turned into. But anyway, I, I, was, I, I made friends with somebody who, who's, who finally confessed to me, and this is not, not never speaking to them about it. She says, you know, the first time I saw you, she says, I flashed onto a picture of you as a, uh, as a, as a cl part of the clergy. You're dressed in black. And you're clergy, and she says, I felt like it was in the Inquisition. And you were making signals to me, like, to be careful and flee from my life, because something terrible might happen. 
So this, I mean, this is somebody I never talked to about. I never mentioned the Spanish Inquisition. Or I never. I've had several uh, experiences like that with uh, events that I've never spoken to anybody about. Never, never done anything but felt a very, very strong uh, connection with another kind of identity, and then it's been confirmed to me by other people who've had no that I've had no conversations with about it. So I don't know where else to put it, but that again, if somebody would like to explain it to me, I'd be happy to hear uh, their their uh, intimation is about it. But then you read about mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama and what his early life was like and how he became the Dalai Lama, and that's an extraordinary story in itself. It's it's beyond beyond belief, but very very heartening as to what our our uh, conscious consciousnesses are capable of and where where we exist out of time. Uh, it's very heartening, particularly in times like this, which are nuts, which are uh, really that's right uh, hard, hard to deal with. I've always believed that we are spiritual beings having a human experience in this moment. Yeah, and well it is very, very short, right? It's very short. Wow, gosh, Alan, I wish we can talk some more, but I and I'd love to have you back another time for more conversations yeah, like this. That would uh, be so nice. Fine. Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Yes. And where can we find out more about you and your book? Where can you find out more about me and my book? Well, the book is well, available. Well, what about your book? My book is available, I guess, on Amazon and uh, bookstores, uh, I would imagine. Uh, I have another. It's also out on Audible, uh, if you want to listen to it rather than, uh, than read it. I, I, I read it on Audible. And uh, and that's that. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for all that you've you've been doing, but in the future as well. And and this is a fantastic book out of my mind. I really appreciate this enlightening conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, lovely talking to you. Thank you. Gosh, you know, there's so much deep wisdom from Alan and his experiences. You definitely want to get this book out of my mind. Share the show with your family and loved ones. It will definitely change your life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.